Hey, Zara. Hey, buddy. What's up? What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, you know, <laughs> I am uh, surviving. <laughs> I, or just you are. Is that? Is, it's more of like a. It's a philosophical statement more than anything. I am. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I my bush is not burning though. So that's good. Um, yeah, you got to be grateful for yeah. the little things. Yeah, exactly. specifically the little things. You know what I mean? No, that's that's funny. That's funny. That's like a John McAfee joke that I just saw. Uh, what? Why did Why did Bill Gates name his company Microsoft? Why? Because it it's the two words that describe his penis. That's <laughs> why do you follow? Why do you listen to anything John McAfee has to say? How do you even find that? He's he is a gloriously insane follow. I mean, I don't I don't actually have a Twitter account, but uh, just, the way I use you Twitter just have his account like I, bookmarked in like Safari or not Safari like Chrome or something. I don't even I don't even have a bookmark. I should probably bookmark it. I just constantly just type John McAfee Twitter <laughs> and then click on the top link. Old school. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. uh what I he seems I feel like every everything I've seen of him um I'm pretty sure he has like a drinking problem, like a really major drinking problem. Uh he seems he seems really uh unstable. I don't, I don't know if unstable is the right word, uh, because unstable suggests that he's got like, I think he's consistently crazy. How about that? I mean, yeah, the dogs agree, by the way, the dogs 100% agree with that. I I can hear him. I can hear him. Um, okay. So, so the man behind the most popular antivirus software in in the world made a dick joke about bill gates oh i mean that's just that's the mildest that's the mildest thing didn't he murder uh, his his neighbor allegedly i knew you were going to say that and by the way that doesn't make it better that doesn't make it better at all allegedly is the worst way to answer almost any accusation because Unless you're talking about like some very, very clear fix up where someone is being, you know, clearly isn't the case, right? Answering allegedly only makes it feel way, way, way more serious and real. So he definitely murdered his neighbor, allegedly. <laughs> Well, he's on the run, so yeah, I guess he did murder his neighbor. I mean, he's he's literally on the run. He's constantly in a different place of the world, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's bad. I mean, let's see. What did he, I think he tore his Achilles at one point during this past, I don't know, year or so that I've been. You know, you you, again, you know, way too much. Just knowing any details, you know, way too much about this guy right now. Well, he was he was running for president. That's that's why. And on what platform and whose party as like a as like a what? I don't (laughs) I'm I'm so confused. I, I think he tried as a libertarian 
and the Libertarian Party was like, no, thank you. Uh, but uh, like, yeah, the only thing you're allowed speaking, to murder is taxes. That's right. That's that's uh, it's okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, it, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying the uh, the mandatory stay at home. The shutdown is that because you get to spend a little more time with the kids and the wife? Uh, is that because you don't have to commute as much? Yeah, I mean that's that's been cut down significantly since mm-hmm. yeah, my business was deemed non-essential. I haven't gotten a haircut uh, in a while out of solidarity. Yeah, I, I, this is how it's gotten. I saw somebody walking into a a Wells Fargo and I'll get to Wells Fargo in a second. Um, I saw somebody walking into Wells Fargo and he had a fresh haircut and not just like he did it himself. Yeah. It was like a, a, a legit fade. Come on. And Is he a barber? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't think so. I think he worked at the bank. And, and I almost, I was, I was like fourth or fifth in line to get into the bank. And uh, I, I almost yelled out like, where'd you get your haircut, bro? Just, just shame people during this. Yeah crazy period so you guys have to uh, wait in line to go to the bank uh not usually but um i was trying to get in right uh when they were opening so they had a social distance in compliant line set up for the bank did you do you are you guys required to wear masks everyone because that's that's a new thing in in Texas now in Austin you're required to wear required I don't know I just know we went to Chipotle on my birthday and we got uh reprimanded by the lady making our burritos for not wearing masks I mean that may be putting it a little harshly she was basically like hey listen you're not allowed in here without masks but just think about it for next time and I was like yeah thanks oh thanks a lot yeah thanks a lot Chipotle I really want my burrito no, no. Thanks a lot. Everybody is shut down during this business and I'm bringing you money and you're going to lecture me about it. Yeah. Uh, from the company that had two, uh, you know, crazy salmonella outbreaks yeah. or whatever. I was like, I was like, you know what? There's a Jimmy John's right next door and I could have a sandwich very easily. So you decide how important is this mask to you? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and they'll deliver it to the Chipotle. That's, I mean, right. That's right. That's right. So you you get you have to watch me. You have to watch me give money to your competitor. <laughs> exactly. You'll uh, you'll order like a small drink from the Chipotle, and then have Jimmy John's deliver the sandwich, and then just sit there, and you know eat it without the mask. I believe that's called that's called. Um, I think you're not allowed to eat in at restaurants like that, but I, I see what you're saying. I was going to say, I think that's called King Petty. That's like King Petty behavior. I love it. I'm a big fan, huge fan. In fact, of King Petty behavior. So 
hold on. You were going to say you said you had something to say about Wells Fargo because I imagine it has to do with your your, your business banking and whatever shenanigans are going on with that. Yeah, it's just it's been a disappointing. It's been pretty disappointing, uh, you know, uh, how Wells Fargo handled the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. Uh, I mean, most banks, the way they handled it was was disappointing. But as you can imagine, when the government puts together a program, uh, you know, in like a week, that's three hundred fifty billion dollars. And, uh, you know, when I think the entire SBA's dispersal for last year was like a hundred times less than that. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is they may not have been prepared for this type of uh, situation. Well, nobody was really prepared. I mean, that's a good point. uh, You know, but... uh, I think what happened was the way the program was drawn up by the big brains uh, in Congress, they didn't really consider that uh, the way they had set up the administration of the program was creating more of a burden for the banks than the benefit that they would get. So, um, and, and there were a lot of things that they didn't consider. Like for example, you have a you know, you have three hundred fifty billion dollars, and you tell the banks, "Hey, you're gonna give this, you're gonna loan this money out at one percent," and then the banks are like, "Okay, what wh- what are we getting the money at?" Oh, you're getting the money at what you normally get it at. Okay, so we we're not we're not making any money off of that. So is there a fee associated? Uh, yeah, there's a flat fee for each application that you you do. But as the bank, you're responsible to make sure that you're not lending money to a terrorist. You're, you know, all the stuff that you, they're normally responsible for, you know, that, and you're responsible for keeping track of the loan and servicing the loan. But the monies come from the SBA. The SBA is the quote unquote, I, I don't even think the SBA is quote unquote the underwriter. You know, I just, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. But what ended up happening was banks then went, oh, okay, so who are the people that we have the biggest relationships with, both a lending relationship and a uh, deposit, like a bank deposit relationship? Mm-hmm. And when I say lending relationship, usually, you know, we're talking about commercial lending, not just not just you have a credit card with your business business. Um, checking account right we're talking like you've like you've gotten a a two million dollar loan to expand your business type relationship right right okay so that's one step that wasn't really considered too much like the banks are going to focus on those people obviously uh and those people are not you know necessarily um the ones that are at most risk but uh, even amongst those, you're incentivizing the bank to lend the money to the, the biggest small businesses that have a commercial lending relationship and deposits in the bank 
and they were struggling financially before this entire thing went down. Nice. Because why, you know, I mean, the banks don't want, the banks are in the business to lend money, okay, and make money off of it. They're not, they, they have no interest in running these businesses when they go bad on their loans. Right. Okay. So if you have a company that you have, you know, a multi-million dollar commercial note with and they have already missed some covenants and they're already starting to, you know, go the wrong way on, uh, you know, in the finances. And then this stuff happens. And then the government comes in and is like, Hey, here's $349 billion. Why don't you hand it out to, uh, you know, small businesses that need it. The bank's like, Hmm, this small business doesn't need it. Right. How can I prop up this business that owes me money and make sure that they don't default on their loan? I'll loan them free money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, been dealing with that. And then also just, you know, telling everybody that I can that, uh, hey, this, this wasn't an accident, guys. What we're going through right now wasn't an accident. It wasn't. Um, and, uh, you know, sounding like a crazy person until, until of course I don't, which yesterday you had a report that, um, sources U S intelligence or in, in the administration said that China, the, the virus was, was, made in a laboratory okay and they're not sure how it was released but after it was released china then decided "Eh, let's let's see what happens if we unleash this on the world let's run a let's run a simulation of i'm I'm not even going to do it in chinese of whatever you know the the great people's blossoming of viral delight. I don't know what it would translate to. <laughs> Have you ever played the game um, Plague Inc.? Plague. I've heard Plague of it. In- I've never played it. Plague Incorporated. It's fantastic. I just I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, I can imagine they've probably made a lot of money over the past couple months because of this. But it basically is a simulator in which you get to create and design a plague to take over the world. And by take over the world, what you are quite literally trying to do is infect and kill every human being on the face of the planet. The entire, the entire point is to wipe out human beings. Now they have, they have various scenarios. They have some, they they have like custom scenarios where you are, instead of being sort of like a, a plague that wipes out humanity. It's like vampirism. You're trying to create nothing but vampires or, uh, zombies, zombies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. Right. And the, the way the game works is you get to pick, you know, you get to pick what type of a, of an organism you're going to be like, are you, a, are you a virus? Are you a bacteria? Are you, um, 
you know, uh, a, some sort of like a spore? Are you, a, 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 what are we, like a Chiron? Is that a thing? Like, you know, so it's a whole bunch of different. Uh, a fungus. Yeah. It's like what you get to pick. You get to pick what type of a, what type of a, of, of an organism you are. And then you pick the country that you want to start in. And then from there you get to, you know, you get like points that you can allocate to how contagious you are and how severe your symptoms are and what types of symptoms you have. Like, are you a coughing thing or are you a neurodegenerative thing or are you like a bleeding thing or, you know, do you get trans- pooping. You know, pooping thing? Do you get transmitted via like birds or planes or, or ships or sneezing or, you know, are you... Uh, are you resistant to drugs? Are you like, you know, do you do better in poor countries or rich countries? It's really interesting. It's very, very fun simulator. Um, and I feel like what you're describing is, is a version of that. I, and I think they probably have, I haven't looked, but I imagine they probably have the COVID version of this. In fact, by the way, Plague Inc. is so good at what it does in modeling viral outbreak that it it bases so it bases its its out it's like uh reasoning and it's like entire computer world on what's happening in the real world in reactions to pandemics and how people react so like the world reacts to things you know it'll be like oh the olympics are supposed to go on and we just heard of this new disease uh that's you know taking over russia uh, it doesn't seem to be really deadly yet. So we're going to wait to see what happens. And then, you know, some time will pass and be like, the Olympics are still going to happen. Hopefully everything's going to be just fine. And then the Olympics happen. And it's like, that was a huge mistake. It, it, or, or it turns out it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, you know, you kind of have to deal with it or, you know, it'll be, uh, Saudi Arabia has, has, you know, decided to spearhead the cure and suddenly, you know, there's like all this money being put into the cure to your plague. It's a very, very interesting game. It's very fun. And so it is, it is, it's informed by real life decisions and scenarios and environments. And what it sounds like you're describing is basically one big, really fucked up game of plague Inc. Yeah. Except, uh, president, uh, Gigi the Pooh. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, he's he's like um, he's like the best player uh, in the world at this game. Um, or, or you know, I mean, that's my that's my theory. Uh, so hold think, on, lay it out uh, for me. Lay it out for me. I've heard you. I've heard you've given me this before, but. Lay it out for me. I want to. I want to hear it. I want to hear it again. Give me. Give me the. Give me the big picture here. What's happening? What is it? You're. You're saying it's not an accident. What we're experiencing is not an accident. What does that mean? What I'm saying is that most human beings who are not sociopaths have a very difficult time conceptualizing uh, what humans who might be are capable of okay um that's i'm laying out some foundation here. no i i'm okay. si- i see what you're doing i love it it's you're 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 trying to build a strong argument i, I dig it okay so that, right. that's 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 your p1 okay so we're starting there okay step two is that uh, for some reason 
there's been a conflation with the people of China and the government of China. They're, they're, I think they're two different entities. Uh, and, and just like the administration of Iran is different than a majority of the Iranian people, you're talking about a dictatorship. Okay. The, the communist, the Chinese communist party is a dictatorship. Okay. Okay. And, uh, the Chinese communist party, even though it would like, you know, to state that every member of China, every person in China is a member of the Chinese communist party. That's not really the case. You know, um, uh, most people are just living their lives, uh, under the, rule set that they can with the hand that they've been dealt with. The problem with conflating the Chinese people with the Chinese government is that the Chinese Communist Party is a vile, vile dictatorship. Uh, but they're but they're vile in a way that's very advanced. They're like, um, you know, if you if you had levels to it, you'd have like You'd have like the ISIS guys, you know, they live in caves and they're basically like sixth century kind of, uh, you know, mentality in a 21st century world. Okay. And so they know terror. They understand that very well. And um, they're like a hammer and everything looks like a nail. They just want to you know, blow everything up. Okay. On the other side of the scale is a sophisticated and intelligent machine that is the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, their goal is, uh, like most individuals and groups of individuals, is to consolidate power. And they've done a really good job of doing that. And they do it... Um, in a lot of different ways. And, and, you know, we hear a little bit about it here in the U S um, we don't hear too much about it uh, simply because the state of our media isn't great, but, um, and China does a really good job of putting out propaganda, but you're basically dealing with like an expert level chess player, but instead of playing chess, they are, you know, playing world domination. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Because I, I, what you and I have talked about this in the past. We've talked about this before. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed talking to you about this, and I want to, I want to make sure that I take you to task on Please. claims and statements, um, and also offer a different perspective you know, maybe counter arguments here and there. So I just want to make sure, sure I've got my, my handy dandy notebook and my pen here. I want to make sure I have your, your foundational statements here down pat. Uh, statement number one, uh, people underestimate what other people are capable of. Statement number two, the, what was it? What is it called? The Chinese communist party, the CCP. Is that Yeah. people underestimate what, other people are capable of um the ccp is is driven by a desire to consolidate and grow their power 
Correct. Okay. And you're saying... Uh, are, are any of those things that we would require, you know, extensive, extensive evidence for? I mean, I think it's the evidence is out there. No, I think those things, uh, those things are probably, um, those things are, we can probably take those to on, on their, on their surface level. I think there, there's a couple things like I would, I would nitpick. I think sometimes people overestimate what organizations are capable of you might you might underestimate what an individual is capable of doing but you might overestimate what an organization is capable of doing because as you grow the level of complexity and have more and more people involved in decision trees there's way 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 more places where something can fail um or Agreed. so i think i think where you know on a micro level you can underestimate what one person might decide to do and can accomplish or try to accomplish you could also overestimate what a group would be able to do or want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then on the second statement, I would say, I think that's fair, you know, based off of my limited, but, you know, at least present understanding of, of uh, the Chinese government and, its current actions and its history, I would, I would argue uh, with you on that, that the CCP is, is motivated to consolidate and grow their power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and the Chinese, uh, the government, especially uh, when, when, when I say, when I say the Chinese, uh, it's, it's a slip up. I'm not being precise uh, in, in every case, unless I specifically say, the Chinese people, I mean the government. Okay, that's. I think okay. that's important to say because I think a lot of people get caught up in like inflammatory statements for for yeah, uh, fuck know. fuck the politically correct yeah, yeah. police. It's okay? like the, the, like your view. You, you know lose what? focus on what assume, the actual thing matters. Yeah, assume good faith until you have evidence uh, that um, your good faith is misplaced. And I think, and I think, we have a lot of evidence that. Uh, we, we we can't take the Chinese government uh, we can't give the Chinese government good faith. So let me let me this is a fun exercise. Allow me sure. to take a gander at your argument here. Based off of I, I, there's been no argument yet. There's just been basically three kind of foundational statements. Wait, what's the third foundational statement? That Generally, we should assume good faith unless that there's, uh, you know, evidence to the that contrary. our good faith is, mi- yeah, mi- misplaced. And in the case of the Chinese Communist Party, there's evidence. we have a lot of evidence that uh, good faith is not the way to go. Okay. I'm going to close my, my fake glasses case here. Okay. All right. So we have our three foundational statements from Z. People right. underestimate what people are capable of. The CCP is driven to consolidate and grow their power. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, we begin from a place of good faith until proven otherwise. And three B is we have ample evidence to be proven otherwise when dealing with the CCP. Yeah. And two B is the CCP is really, really good 
at that consolidation of power, like expert level. And, and I don't mean just on the surface. I don't mean like king of the hill. Okay. That's very simple. You stand on top of the hill, people rush at you and you kick them or you use a tool and you hold your ground. That, that, that's not the case here. We're talking about, uh, you know, the communication, their intelligence, their military, uh, their, their, their uh, infrastructure, they're, they're experts at consolidating power. Okay. I would not disagree with that. Uh, for example, an example that I would give in, in, in uh, favor of that to support that statement would be the like sort of new version of like the Silk Road initiative type thing that they're doing where they're creating financial relationships with uh, various countries in the world and leveraging their position to basically get, um, you know, very, very strong trade agreements in place as well as more nefarious things, um, you know, that aren't just good financial decisions, but also, you know, sneaky spying information from, you know, government conversations and stuff like this. Uh, I believe it's in like, you know, is it in African countries like Nigeria? They did this, right? They had like a oh, contract to like oh, yeah. build the the embassy and like they put they put uh, listening devices and recording devices in like every room in the embassy. Um, that's just that's just level like that's level one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. level one stuff. Yeah, I mean most of most of their most of their manufacturing and and most of their technological prowess has been documentably built upon ip theft sure the, and, you know we do the the uh you know you get you get into like really tough dilemmas like you know google like do you allow them to sort of take and reverse engineer and steal google's technology and create it themselves and use it themselves or do you just play ball and work with them and create what it is that you want or what it is that they they want and are asking for, like you know, a closed internet or whatever. Uh, you know, there's I, I I I could I I could buy that. I could buy that. Okay. All right. So we have we have your we have your uh, your foundational statements. Hit me with it, buddy. Let's see what we got here. So, you know, China, let's say over the past fifteen to twenty years, has enjoyed. being under the radar as it were when it comes to uh being considered a geopolitical threat to let's call it the western world okay, okay? mostly because you know there was 911 uh you know an entire war on terrorism uh you know america the superpower, like the right, I mean, over the past 20 years, the number one superpower in the world, and I still think we're the number one superpower in the world, but it's it's a lot closer now with China. Um, they've enjoyed being able to kind of do what they do um, while the United States was... Uh, paying attention to other things. So basically, um, you know, China has not 
presented itself as a physical threat the way, you know, Al-Qaeda and ISIS did. And therefore, their, like, financial competition was overshadowed by the more, um, I don't know, like, sellable thing of you know, never ending war in the middle East. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, you know, the image of a plane flying into a building, um, is a far more identifiable than an an quote unquote invisible enemy, uh, amongst us. Okay. So yes, they did. And they also cultivated relationships at the federal level, the state level and the municipal level. Uh, And, you know, they did so through good statecraft, um, you know. uh, So for reference, um, I think it was in February, Secretary of State Pompeo uh, addressed all 50 governors of the United States and let them know that the U.S. government, the federal government, is aware of China's dealings in the United States. And he basically was letting the governors know, like, hey, you need to keep track of what your states, how your states interact with uh, the Chinese government. And to understand that a lot of the people that they're interacting with are uh, state-sponsored, um, you know, and that, uh, so for example, what Pompeo uh, pointed out at, during that, that talk to those governors was the fact that China was using sister city programs, job placement programs, uh, to create relationships with municipalities, with states. Um, and then they were leveraging these relationships for information. They were leveraging these infor- uh, these relationships with, uh, yeah, basically using these relationships to influence local and state politicians and even politicians uh you know congress congressmen and congresswomen okay um in in all 50 states okay uh how does that get us to where we are right now that's still really foundational so uh uh actually it's like the second level okay so it points to the fact that over the past three years or so uh the US has been dealing with China in a very different way. Um and you're seeing an administration that is willing to kind of put you know a lot of pressure to bear on China and you have an administration that has people who are fully aware of what China's capabilities are and, um, you know, that they're uh, attempting to 
consolidate and attain power and that they consider their biggest adversary in the world, the United States. Uh, and that the United States should probably consider China as their biggest adversary in the world. Um, and uh, over the past three years, you've seen a lot of, a lot more of these abuses of power um, being called out uh, by the current administration. You're seeing a lot more of, um, you know, uh, trade deals being negotiated from a position of strength. Uh, and it's no secret that China would prefer that this current administration not be in power anymore. Um, and that's because they have, again, documented good relationships with other people in the country. And so they'd rather see other people take power because they'll be easier to deal with. And because they'll be easier to deal with, it's easier for China to consolidate power. So what happened with this, this virus? Well, um, I mean, listen, SARS, we know SARS, the first SARS. I mean, what people don't realize is everybody calls this COVID-19. COVID-19 and I, 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 we may have spoken about this, but I don't, I don't think we did. COVID-19 refers to what happens to you after you get the virus. Right. The, that, so it's that's the, the name it's of the, the disease. Sickness. Yeah, it's the name of the disease. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the actual, the actual virus is called SARS-CoV, which is like a shortened way of saying coronavirus, dash two. Okay. SARS-CoV-1 was the first SARS outbreak in China, okay? Um, that was back in like 2003, 2004. And uh, that was a completely different situation in the sense that that was a very, very deadly disease. And so it wasn't a very successful virus. Um, so what do we know about this? Well, the narrative... Um, was that the i mean what what we know as a public is that in november that started to get some information out of china that there was something going on um and it was it was how you would get information in the 21st century you know through like social media real-time social media that m might not be stamped down in time but you started getting hints of this this viral outbreak in China, okay, uh, and through December and January, I think January third or fourth was when the United States government said that they first got like actual information that there was an outbreak, okay, some sort of outbreak happening in China, but they weren't getting a lot of information, and at mm -hmm. that time. You know, if you recall, and you can look all of this up, uh, you know, there wasn't really much talk about this. Um, you know, some people were talking about there's some stuff going on in China and there were some jokes about, uh, you know, bat soup and, uh, and, you know, but we didn't, we didn't hear much. January 24th, 
was when the United States, the the uh, when the current administration notified Congress of what it knew up to that point. Okay. Um, after that January 24th meeting, you had a lot of Congress people come out and say, uh, yeah, there isn't much to worry about here. We're, we're keeping track of this. But on January 31st was when uh, the administration decided to uh, shut down travel to basically most of China. Um, to and from, right? To not and counting from. US, not counting U.S. nationals. To and from, not counting U.S. nationals, uh, uh, but but basically keeping track of anybody that had recently traveled to and from China and not letting them come into the United States. Okay, right. Um, so let's talk about that next level reaction to that. Okay, China immediately leveraged their relationship with the World Health Organization and got the World Health Organization to consistently state that number one, there was no evidence of human to human contact of the coronavirus. Transmission. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, human to human transmission of the coronavirus. Thank you. Um, and that closing, uh, shutting down travel to and from China was uh, a decision that was not based in any, you know, science or actual information and was racist, basically. Um, that was the, you know, various leader, people in leadership positions at the World Health Organization, including, including its, uh, its president or chair, um, said those things. Um, during this time, China did not, you know, I, I mean, China all throughout January allowed freedom of movement for the, the people in the Wuhan province. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I think that's where kind of the rub comes is why do you allow this freedom of movement? If you assume maximum good faith, you can say, well, you know, China didn't know what it had it on its hands. And Wuhan is a province that has tens and tens of millions of people. Um, so, you know, they, they moved slowly. Um, and the World Health Organization was only going off of the information that it had. And they had no way of knowing that China was either giving them bad information or uh, purposefully or intentionally or unintentionally. Okay. So that's if we assume maximum good faith. Okay. But as we've stated before, uh, you know, Occam's razor when it comes to China is no longer, well, you know, they're just incompetent and they screwed up. It's you have a country that has demonstrably over the past 30 or 40 years turned itself from not even a regional power, really, to the second most powerful country, arguably 1B, let's call it, in the world in terms of influence and power and wealth and uh, all of the metrics that you would use to, 
you know, rate whether some somebody was a superpower. And they've done so in, by nefarious means. Uh, they demonstrably they've treated their own people badly. Um, you know, whether it's the Uyghurs or uh, the um, you know the 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 poorest kind of workers in in China. Mm-hmm. Um, they've shown that they have very little consideration for individual human life. Okay, so all right, uh, we are at a point where now I need to now I need to kind of deliver the goods, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So if I were a sociopath, a smart one, uh, and I didn't care for individual human life, and I had the resources of arguably number one or number two, you know, most powerful country in the world, and I was dealing with an administration that was almost systematically revealing, you know, or positioning itself as, hey, our biggest adversary in the world is China. How do I, how do I stop that? How do I stem that? Okay. Um, well, if I could destroy the economy of hypothetical country and undermine the leadership that is presenting the the new obstacle that wasn't in place for the past 30 or 40 years. Um, could I, would, would I take that opportunity even if it meant that I would damage my own economy to some some level, and I would lose, you know, anywhere from a hundred thousand to a million people. I, I know China's reported some ridiculous death, you know, death number from from uh, COVID nineteen, but I, I mean, yeah, none. Can we really depend on any of the information coming out of China? So I'm not I'm not really sure about that. But if I were going to do that, uh, I think. I think allowing a virus that, you know, we were ostensibly studying in a laboratory to, you know, get out and then infect the entire world um, and not and through either inaction or deliberate misleading of the rest of the world, position our, ourselves at an advantage to recovering from this said, said disease, but whereas the rest of the world is, you know, kind of suffering from it. Right. Would I take that opportunity? Would I take that opportunity? Yes. I would. Okay. All right. Uh, so the basic argument is that not only is the CCP, you know, motivated and capable and willing to do whatever it takes to forward itself. It also happened to 
have an opportunity, whether it itself created this opportunity or it just took advantage of a lucky accident in the case of the, you know, SARS-CoV-2. Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't there be in, okay. In order for you to actually enact that plan, because what you're, what you're basically describing is the end goal being, uh, economic and political disaster Um, for your, and well, okay. So economic and political disaster for your, your, uh, your closest competitor in order to take advantage of that and position yourself better. So there's no, there's, there's, I think you would agree with me that we are in unprecedented times in terms of the reaction that we've taken and, and the, the scenarios that we're in right now, there's no evidence through past precedent that would lead you down the path of saying you'd actually be able to get the the economic outcome and the political outcome from even purposefully releasing something like this like no one could see it coming that you know all of this was going to happen basically from that the virus coming out yep so there's there's like you know the 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 real the, the, I mean the the argument I've seen is like why not treat it like the flu or why not treat it the way we treated uh, SARS or why not treat it the way we treated swine flu or whatever right so realistically speaking you're you're basically banking on people behaving that way there's no guarantee that it does any of this you're not banking on anything. Uh, so, so the, uh, okay. So, so the, the problem the I think the problem becomes is it's really easy when somebody is, is like myself is like talking what is termed in our, in our media and our kind of general population as quote unquote, a conspiracy theory, um, which, you know, the, the term itself has a negative connotation and, you know, there are all sorts of jokes like, oh, you wear a tinfoil hat. Uh, you know, it, it's really easy to build up a straw man that says, oh, well, you know, you're taking like the most improbable step by step by step by step by step by step by step and saying that you're attributing it to as a deliberate action. I, I, I'm I'm actually not saying that. I'm I'm not sure I would, I would bank on the fact that the release was accidental. I, I, you know, um, but do I think that the CCP had different contingency plans in place to deal with the United States if they became a threat? Yes. Do I think those contingency plans ranged, uh, everywhere from, um, like, uh, all out war, whether it was, nuclear or conventional to biological to uh, propaganda and um, influencing media. Uh, Yeah. And I know that because I know the United States does that. The United States has all of those contingencies and all of those plans in place because you know what? 
Um, if I were a superpower and I knew all of the foundational things that I laid out for you and I was a smart person, I would try, I would put my best people in those, in their shoes and say, what, what are the worst things they could come up with? Okay. Um, so do I think China had already modeled, you know, uh, the impacts of a, uh, virulent pathogen spreading around the world, uh, on economy, on politics in various countries? Yes. I think they, I think they already had models in place. I think what this was, was almost like a uh, take advantage of an opportunity. So this thing gets out, however it gets out, okay? It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of evidence that, uh, you know, the Chinese were, uh, you know, studying, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a controversial statement. Ever since the SARS, you know, SARS uh, breakout, um, it, um, I mean, I think SARS, uh, ever since that breakout, they've been, they've been testing and keeping track of, and there are a lot of papers you can access about novel coronaviruses found in bats from as far back as like 2008, 2009. Um, uh, so do I think that, you know, something accidentally got out and then they started to see what the effects were on the ground in their localized area. And somebody made, you know, the call. Yeah, I think that's, that's completely possible. And, and why do I know this? Because I, I, I read history. I mean, it was less than a hundred years ago that an entire country, you know, had, madmen testing, you know, all sorts of insane things on, on people. So, I mean, we've seen it happen, you know, in, in Nazi, Nazi Germany. Um, uh, so it's not something that is unprecedented that I'm suggesting here. Um, I think they probably saw an opportunity to kind of see what happens they knew they i think they had a pretty good idea of what the virus did and how it affected people and how successful it was as a virus because you know they had dealt with SARS before and i think they knew what this was prior because of the way they reacted you know um there were there were reports of really early on i think it was as early as january of the Chinese using HIV, pretty expensive HIV drugs to fight what, it wasn't known as COVID-19 then, but you know, to fight whatever it was that was caused by this virus. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how did they, how did they, how did they kind of get to that point? Was it just doctors desperate and grabbing anything that they can? Or did they know something about how the virus interacted, you know, what, what receptors and pathways it attacked in the human body. 
specifically the lungs and the, the respiratory system that gave them some insight into, you know, using those types of drugs in order to treat, you know, uh, people who were sick with it. Um, all of these kind of circumstantial, you would, you would explain it as like, you, you got these bits and pieces of circumstantial evidence and circumstantial evidence by itself is not a very compelling, um, like one piece of circumstantial evidence or two pieces of circumstantial evidence by themselves don't really add up to, you know, proving something beyond a reasonable doubt. But when you have hundreds of pieces of circumstantial evidence and you have a good understanding of the foundation that I led, led you know, led with, um, of course, it's it's much more solid if you get into like the specifics of how China has been really consolidating their power over the past 10 years, let's say, um, and the roadblocks that they ran into with the current administration. Then it all starts to, all of those circumstantial evidence starts to point to similar conclusions, okay? That, hey, maybe China knew more than they were letting on and when you look at this entire situation in the long term, who benefits? Who benefits in the long term? Let's say the United States stays shut down for another six weeks and the economy, you know, uh, you know, is just, I mean, just slammed. We've, I mean, the United States has already spent what five or six trillion dollars because of this? Yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Okay. Um, they know that there's, I mean, again, to kind of game the, the game theory played this out. Like they know the United States, most of the people in the United States are not like them. Okay. Meaning not, not the Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. They know that the the uh, latitude here in the United States for mass death is not a good thing. And you know why? It's because in the United States, we value individual life. We, we value the individual. You know, it's not just a group um, kind of mentality. Right. There's, cultural, there's cultural differences there. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, you see what you've, you, you see, like you see, uh, them allowing, uh, freedom of movement for people in Wuhan and they spread all over the world. Uh, then once they had enough of a time period where they allowed that freedom of movement, then they shut things down to an almost, I mean, no other country in the world could have done what China did. I mean, they were, there were actual reports of people being welded into their apartments by the government so that they, they couldn't leave. Okay. So, um, uh, I, I don't think it's a far stretch given all of the information that we have leading up to, you know, right now, everything that we're seeing to say that 
uh, the Chinese government um, at the very least took advantage of the situation in order to uh, uh, put themselves at an advantage in the long term. Okay. Um, I would think, I think at, at best, at best, the reaction that the Chinese government took when this first launched, when this wall this first happened, was inept. You know, at best, they were covering up to, like, avoid being embarrassed. Uh, I think that's pretty clear from silencing whistleblowers who are first starting to talk about this disease uh, to, you know, sort of pressuring organizations like the World Health Organization to, you know, say stuff that is just demonstrably false even at the moment that they're saying it, like there's no evidence of person to person transmission or anything like that. I think, I think that's pretty clear. Okay. Well, pretty hold clear on. That... Can I steal, can I steal man that just so that I'm clear that we're on the same, same page? Yeah. So you're saying, you're saying that at best, the best thing that you can presume, this isn't using any of my foundation arguments, but the best right. thing that you can presume Armin can presume based upon the information that you know, is that China covered it up because they were they you know they didn't want to be embarrassed. They didn't they were trying to save face. They didn't want to lose yeah. face. Okay? Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's the same I mean we've seen the every government on the face of the planet has done that including the US government. The Chinese government has done it in the past with similar outbreaks. Every government underreports and tries to sort of like sugarcoat what's happening especially okay. in situations like that. So, so I think that's there are fair models, to assume. There are models already that show that if that cover-up, again, assuming the best case scenario that you've laid out, given the information that you have, if that cover-up didn't happen, if we had information about what this was and we were able to react as little as three weeks sooner than we did, we would have avoided 95% of the the uh the outcomes that we're seeing now i believe that i think that's just that that's just the 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 unfortunate and ridiculously massive consequences of exponential uh multiplication got it that that's that i i i agree with that okay um so do you think that the united states government considers that cover-up a um i don't want to say an act of war um but a uh... no, I mean you don't have to. Here's the thing: I, I think I think behavior-wise, where we disagree is a degree of assigning motivation, right? So it's like, is it is it negligence? Is it uh, outright murder? Is it something in between? Right. Mm-hmm. So. I think I think that's that's really where the nuance needs to come in. Um, you know, for example, like I, I think it was just a couple of days ago, maybe it was yesterday. I, I'm losing track of the days at this point. I, I, you know, we saw uh, the administration basically go like, "Hey, we're not we're not funding, or we don't want to fund uh, the World Health Organization anymore." Which to me is like, yeah, of course, 
like they've been saying and continue to say really, really stupid things that have helped nobody in this situation. Like, you know, maybe there are individuals, again, it's like you can, you can separate the individual from the organization, but as an organization, as a mouthpiece, they have not been serving the greater health of the world. I think that's really clear just based off of their behavior. Okay. What has the reaction been in this country, let's say from the legacy media and this administration's, uh, uh, you know, political I, I, adversaries? What has <laughs> been the, uh, what has been the reaction to let's just that let, let's not. To, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. So hold on a second. I know what you're going to say, but to be honest with you, I don't know what the reaction has been, but not knowing in the sense that I haven't seen any specific articles doesn't mean that I can't tell you what the reaction has been. The reaction is regardless of what Donald Trump does as president of the U S the reaction is going to be he's wrong and here's why. So it's like when he shut down the travel from China, it was, this is xenophobic and this is racist. When in reality, if a week before that he had shut down travel from everywhere, that wasn't, you know, U.S. nationals coming back home, we wouldn't even be near this situation we are right now. So it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, in reality, we should have taken what seemed to be at the point a way more extreme behavior and we would have been just fine. That's that. I think that's. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Uh, uh, Now, I want to point out that I, I haven't mentioned Donald Trump. I'm talking about the administration and, and see, that's the big difference is, um, is the the same thing happens. It becomes this thing where it's like, oh well, it it's Donald Trump that's incompetent. It's Donald Trump that's that's making these decisions. He's making poor decisions. No, he's not. You know what? He's like any executive. He he hires who who he considers to be the best people at that time for the job, and then he listens to all of them, and then he makes the best decision he can with the information that he has. I mean, he's done that from the beginning. He's a populist for crying out loud. Okay, so um, you know his he he wants to he he wants to err on the side of going with what the plurality in this country wants anyway on almost everything. But in this case, this isn't Donald Trump on the thirty first making a decision out of thin air, like hmm, I'm going to shut down travel to China because I don't like China. I don't like right. That. No, I I agree with you. I, I I'm this was the you. administration I, my, with all of the information that it had, information that they haven't shared with us yet at that time, uh, saying holy shit. Well, you know that decision. Down. That decision was that decision was partially educated by uh, risk probabilists, basically telling, like, pa- painting this picture of exponential growth of you know, viral pandemics and like, Hey guys, this is going to be a thousand times bigger than you expect it to be a thousand times sooner than you expect it to happen, which is, you know, again, unfortunately, I mean, when you're talking about like, you know, getting a, hitting a, a something big in like the financial district, it's like a positive, but in pandemics, it's a huge negative. Things move way faster and way more severely than you expect them to. Neither here nor there. I agree with you. I agree with you that uh, my point that I was trying to make is that regardless of what behavior is being taken, you can assume that uh, there's going to be a huge outcry 
of deriding that decision, whether it's the right decision, even, even looking back at it, no one is going to look back and say, this was the right thing to do because that would, you know, that would not be in line with the, the, the media world that we live in right now. So we can agree, you and I can agree on the behaviors being, you know, misleading, uh, uh, coherent with multiple explanations, the best of which being we're trying to save face, we being the CCP, trying to save face, the worst of which being, uh, you know, we have super engineered this SARS-CoV-2 and know that it's going to wreak havoc and can manipulate all the uh, dials and levers to force governmental shutdowns and take advantage of economic collapse and political collapse. The reality is probably somewhere in the middle there. Agreed. It's probably not on the extremes. Uh, the question that I think is is most interesting to me is given that as the reality of the situation, what do you do? Like how how do you change how do you change what you're doing right now to affect that? Like you you can obviously plan in the long term. Oh, we we have to you know hold the this organization accountable for you know this behavior. That's down the line. What do you do? Like what do you do now? How do you how can you counteract it? Well, you're thinking in one dimension um, or two. Okay, you're thinking. You're thinking there's an issue. We've identified the issue. At the very best, you had a country cover up something that led to trillions of dollars of damage and the loss of uh, significant life. Um, but that's that's just one dimension. You have to also consider the fact that you are dealing with a fractured populace uh, in the United States in terms of their political outlook um, and fractured meaning that, you know, there are really, really loud extremes and a large kind of quote unquote silent majority, let's call it. Okay. Um, and the effects of that fracture um, when also compounded by uh, a hostile legacy media to the administration, um, you know, create a, and uh, being six months from an election, um, you know, create a very, very tenuous situation, I think. Um, you know, uh, how do you deal with it? I mean, what, a, what, what have I been saying over and over again to you during this entire thing about how I like what the, this, this feels like, it feels like war footing. It feels like the United States is on war footing. Now I get it. People are going to be like, Oh yeah. Having such a tough time sitting at home and taking walks like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, we're, we're suffering so badly. No, no. Again, that's just a one dimensional thought process to this. Like, I don't think the government can just come out and say in the middle of this, 
can say, uh, you know what, we have actual evidence. Here's a video of, you know, a uh, Chinese Communist Party member wearing a name tag, um, taking this vial and and putting it into the bat uh, uh, table, the live bat table at the uh, at the Wuhan wet market. Okay, that like. I mean, that would be pretty dope, though. That would be pretty fucking crazy if they did that. What would happen? Uh, I'm. I my guess would be, uh, people would be like, it's fake, it's photoshopped, uh, it's definitely not real. Uh, but let's say, let's know. say it's confirmed. Let's say uh, the the best deep fake person comes out and says, no, no, this is a 100% real. What do you think would happen if Donald Trump again? If the administration comes out during their briefing today and says, here's the video, what do you think happens? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I would hope not war, but, you know, there'd have to be consequences. That's for fuck sure. I, I mean, you know, I, I think in that case, things escalate very fast. Uh so I think if there is evidence um, and if I were dealing with all of the variables that this administration is dealing with, number one, managing the pandemic, number two, making sure that the economy doesn't completely collapse, okay? I, I'm, I, this sounds really simple, but those two things by themselves are the, like some of the greatest undertakings that human beings have ever tried to, to undertake. One, managing a shutdown on this level in a country that is as big and as populous as the United States. Number two, trying to save an economy that is based upon people's confidence in going out and buying things, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, a, an advantage, a worldwide advantage that was built upon hard work and ingenuity of the American people. And I mean American people as in the whole American people, not just the patriarchy. Um, uh, uh, built upon that, how do you, how do you manage those two things while at the same time ostensibly you know communicating with the government of China and letting them know hey here's the deal uh we know you guys there was some hanky panky here okay here's <laughs> here's the evidence that we have okay um uh we're going to avoid you know uh some of the uh undesirable outcomes that would result in us just kind of putting all this information out and having 330 million angry people all of a sudden calling for what some sort of reprisal some sort of uh because that's what will happen i mean what happened after 9-11 right the, the entire country came together and said whose fault was this right 
And, and when the country was like, we are going to put the full power of this trillion dollar war machine, the most advanced military that, you know, the, the world has ever seen. And we're going to, you know, hunt down, you know, the people who are responsible for this. Okay. But that took 15 years. <laughs> what do you think would happen if we're dealing with superpower 1B? It would be a much more aggressive and uh, uh, treacherous path. I agree. Is my guess. I agree. And it would be more aggressive and treacherous, uh, not just for the administration uh, that's dealing with it and all of the people that are involved and all of the moving parts, but it would be treacherous for the United States, uh, the, the existence of the United States as we know it. Sure. So how do we act? We act as if it was a completely complete accident and it's a novel coronavirus. And we start to kind of let out little bits and pieces here and there saying, hey, China didn't really let us know about this when they could have. Or, hey, there's a six day period here that we can prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the things that the Chinese government were saying to the World Health Organization, they knew to be false. And then there was an entire 30 to 50 day period before that, where we don't really have unclassified proof, but, uh, but we have a strong suspicion that um, there was uh, some best case scenario, willful omission to save face. Well, dude, I don't, uh, I, I, I appreciate you laying that out. I'm, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than, uh, do I sound crazy? No, 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 no. could sound crazy. I I have sounded crazy before, but I'm, you definitely sounded crazy before. You don't sound crazy now because we ruled out the most extreme, you know, man manufactured super calamity. Uh, you know, for like a Dr. Evil level genius to take advantage of, right? That makes you sound crazy. Okay. But let me say this. If when I'm, you know, 85 and I've got my grandchild bouncing on my, my knee, my, my robotic, uh, you know, knee. Right. Um, my virtual knee, because I've, I've been, a, a, you know, uploaded into the singularity. Um, yeah. If uh, if the United States unclassified information saying, oh, yeah, China developed that virus and released it on purpose. And, uh, you know, we averted World War Three by simply dealing with the fallout and dealing with China through diplomatic means. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and I'll fucking call you up and go. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, no, I, I, I suspect there will be cell towers on Mars at that point. So I'm looking forward to that phone call. That's right. That's right. Zyra John, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> this entire thing turned out to my, my uh, turn, turned out into my China, China theory. I actually really wanted you to, to get into it. I'm glad, I'm glad that we did that because you and I have been talking about this like 
you know, over the past few weeks for sure, but haven't gotten a chance to record it. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought it up and I, you know, it gave me an opportunity to write out some of what you were saying and maybe, uh, come up with. I'm some, looking forward to know, that. I'm looking forward to that. I want, I want it to be tested because, because what has happened a lot is people are just saying, ah, you sound crazy. And it's like, okay. It doesn't sound crazy. It doesn't sound crazy because it sounds, it sounds well-reasoned and motivated. Uh, you know, I think, I think for me, maybe I'm a much simpler mind, but for me, my, you know, you can't go back and change it. So mm. there's the realities that we're dealing with now. It's like, what behavior do you take now? Right. Right. So that's what, that that's where my, that's where my head's at. That's where my head's at. Yeah. You, you, I don't know you, the answer you, to that. Yeah. You tread lightly. I mean, you're, you're dealing with, uh, you're dealing with the, you know, an incredibly complex economy and the incredibly complex task of taking 50 states uh, that have, you know, kind of their own infrastructures and are dealing with the virus at different times and trying to uh, prevent, you know, further uh, spread and death and illness. It's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy. But you know no, what? Not. I'm looking forward to our next conversation when we don't talk about this at all and just talk about other stuff. I cannot wait. Okay, dude. Good. Good talking to you, dude. Thank you. Good talking to you too. Stay safe.